Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by A Number One Air, the official HVAC and electric partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com. Make your crypto play today. The National Medal of Honor Museum. Join the mission at mohmuseum.org. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit swbc.com. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton and Kevin Gray. Speaking of the Crimson Tide, our Cowboys legend joining us this week, former number 56 overall pick in the 2001 NFL Draft out wow. of Alabama, four years all with the Dallas Cowboys, 56 career games with America's team. Tony Dixon joining us yeah. this week at the Cowboys Club. Tony, what's going on? Hey, nothing much. Happy to be here. And um, I've been chatting over Nate before before this. And then Nick, we go way back. Oh, yeah. 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 I knew he was going to say something about that Arkansas game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, wow. you know, it, was no almost, it was almost a win for oh, us. There's no more victories around here. Oh, okay. Man. Look, no he said, look, look we're going to come with it. We're going to come strong with it. No more <laughs> victories Man, here. I'd have to say tonight, that. I'm bro. just saying. I'm hey. just saying. Hey. When your team's in the SEC West, you got to you got to do the best you can do. I know. It's all good. It's all good. We'll have plenty of Crimson Tide talk later on in the show, of course. With our guy Tony Dixon, they take on Tennessee this weekend. That's right. Uh, taking on Rocky Top, so looking yeah. forward to that SEC matchup this week. He told me something very interesting before the show that we we'll have to get into a little bit later on when it comes to the t Alabama-Tennessee rivalry versus the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. That's so right. we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But let's get into the Cowboys. Cowboys get the 2017 win. Nick, you're a historian. Uh, the second time the Cowboys have beaten the Chargers 2017 by way of field goal to win that game. The last time they were at SoFi Stadium, a uh, young man by the name of Greg Zerline got the win yeah. with the game-winning field goal. This time, uh, as Dak Prescott likes to call it, Butter Aubrey. Uh, <laughs> the Brandon Aubrey yeah. continues his perfect season, 20-17 to win. Nick, I'll start with you. Biggest takeaway from SoFi Stadium and the Cowboys picking themselves up after what was a disappointing loss in San Francisco. That right there, yeah. getting, getting the win, figuring out a way, just like Nate said, you know, it wasn't pretty, but it was gritty. That's what they needed to do. And also, to me, Dak Prescott was a football player that, that, that plays quarterback. Not a quarterback that yes. plays football. Mm -hmm. He was a football player. He was running. He's loving that. He's diving, loving that. That's right. Touchdown, yeah. running away from people. I don't know who he was running away from, but that guy's <laughs> obviously not that fast because, you know, it's Derwin James, Florida <laughs> State product. <boy>. Okay. <laughs> Great play. Faked yeah. everybody out, you know, and, and uh, it, it, was, it was an awesome it was an awesome uh, display, but they needed it so bad, and, and you know, he, he delivered. Hey, I'm with you, man. Tony, I, I, brother, what you thought about that, hey, man? Hey, listen. You know, as a former player, the <laughs> worst thing you can do is take an L right before a bye week. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right? So coming off, coming off the game that they had, you know they didn't play their best game. They know they didn't play their best game. There was a way to going out and proving, like, hey, we still Dallas Cowboys. We are still the team you all thought we were. And quite candidly, sometimes you need that. So when you look at that mirror and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I still got it. I yeah. still got it. <laughs> One of the things that stood out to me in watching the very end of the game, and, Nick, obviously you were there, the elation from Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, Micah yes. Barsis, you could tell it felt like a sense of relief after Ooh. winning that football game given what happened in San Francisco. What was that locker room? What was the atmosphere like in Los Angeles knowing that they were able to get themselves that win, as Tony mentioned, going into the bye week? Relief. Sure. Relief. Yeah. Just like what you said, because as Tony mentioned, you don't want to have you don't want to have another loss because now you're really starting to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, we, we heard it all week. We heard it all week with you know Dak, CD. What's wrong with the offense? And then you lose if you lose to a team 
with that offensive coordinator that you let go. Oh, yeah. And now they're they're doing all right. You're not. I mean, so just it would have been the longest six weeks, which is only two of a bye week. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I think everybody's relieved about that. You're sitting at four and two, much different than three much and three. Different. And Nick made that point there. Nick, I want to go to you on that because the difference between three and three and four and two going into the bye week, how big of a difference? Knowing that you saw the Philadelphia Eagles lose, you saw San Francisco lose this past week as well. What does that do for this team now as they get ready for this bye week and then prepare for the Los Angeles Rams? You know, uh, I'm just sitting here enjoying this. Uh, Tony, what, answer the question, Tony. <laughs> I asked you, Nate. I asked you. I'm, I'm going to get to Tony. I asked you first, man. Nate's like, I did enough talking for this. That's what it is. That's what it is. He's like, I talked enough He was already with Nick earlier. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's, that's what he's doing. I've already given uh-huh. my stone away. I see what he's doing. Hey, but bottom line is, hey, anytime you can, you can be at four wins going into your bye week, and this part of the season, mm-hmm. if you look at everything else that's going around the league right now, it is important for you to come out of the gate and have that success. Now, we can we can all we can throw that one that one loss away. Mm-hmm. We know that we didn't show up as a team, right? So you're walking away with that. But like Nick said, if you did not come out and perform this game, regardless of what the this is not a moral victory. Right. This yeah. is a victory. Yes, it, getting that W. Getting that W for this game. Hold on now. It's going to set it up. <laughs> you saw what he did there. You and, saw yeah. what he did and there. And help build that confidence. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> because a moral victory. Will put you at three and three. That's yes. right. Yes. But a physical That's a great point. fighting through grinding victory will have you where you can at least hang out with your mom and dad or your kids and your wife or your friends yes. and not see, they are free to enjoy themselves. Feel good about life. But if they would have lost this game, they would have been just sitting at home like, uh, they would have been driving or flying wherever they Like, what's wrong? You, you all right? <laughs> yeah, man, we, we lost again. Yeah. Man. Right. And they start doubting themselves. You know, and then they start looking for more victory that ain't there. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You hey, good, Nick? You, you good? They, no, they good? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and, and, and if you don't know, this is an inside joke that, that has gone for three years now. Uh-huh. With me and Nate. and I, I'll say this, though. You do have more season to go. So, right. so if you do have a tough loss, you've got to figure out to find a way to, to – to build from it and learn oh, from yes. it. And, yes. and, and that's – I think you're, we're saying the same thing. Oh, I'm are. not trying to accept we losing. But, but when you do lose a game, you got to take the positive from it and say, all right, what can we do here, here, and here, and, let's, and see if we can make – because moral yes. comes from the word morale. Your that's morale's right. got to be high. Yeah. And yes, so you can't, you can't, you know, yes, you know stay in the ditch. If, if, you, if the car goes in there, you got to get it out. you got to get it out first by you getting yourself out. That's mm-hmm. right. And then that's you right. figure out, you know, you call the record to get that car out. But – on a more serious note about what you asked me mm-hmm. earlier, if these guys, and I mean that, now they can, they can play with the kids, they can go out with their significant others, they can do all the things with a free mind. Mm-hmm. You know, because the serious players, the guys that, that really care about this win-lose record, they, they would, I'm telling you, yeah. I've been there, yeah. you've been there, t- oh, yeah. where you'd be like, wow, man. You know, you all right, babe? Nah, nah, we, we lost that game. Yeah. And, yeah. You lo- and the way you lost to – the 49ers, you saw some of that residue carry over That's to right. the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But they fought through that. Mm-hmm. And somehow, some way, they won that game. Now, that morale that Nick is talking about, it is there and it is encased in your heart, bro. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a good victory, I yeah, think, for the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. Let's start on the offensive side because we saw some different things against the Chargers that we hadn't seen. Hello, Brandon Cooks. We saw some involvement from him, had the touchdown catch in the game. Nick, I'll start with you. What did you see different from this offense, whether it was CeeDee Lamb and the amount of targets he was able to get early on in the game? Brandon Cooks, what did you see differently from the offense this past week? I saw uh, – going back to what I said, I saw Dak running – 
mm-hmm. and, and kind of had a feel for the game a little bit more, not afraid to take off and run when it's there. Uh, we, we, we saw Cooks, like you said. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, they threw the ball kind of on the outside of mm-hmm. things. You know, touchdown was outside. A lot of things kind of on the outside. But that one pass, you're not supposed to do this, Dak, but him just being with it instinctive, rolling right, and then look throwing it back across his body to Pollard. There Pollard goes Tony Pollard. made a play. Uh, you know, I thought this it was it was like Dak was wearing 15 at Mississippi State again, mm. just doing Thank his you. thing. Mm. Thank you. This Kevin, we've been working together. Me and Nick been working together forever, man. <laughs> and I, and I said every year, and I told Nick on his on his uh, show storyline. It's so many ways. It's only so many ways I can keep saying this. Yeah, Dak is a football player. Mm-hmm. He to me, he's one of the greatest football players I've seen that can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. When he plays with his instincts, when they say, "Okay, you got one read, two reads, throw the ball away," or if it's any yards to be gained, gain those yards. And when Dak start playing like that, when we put back in the options, the pass run options, whether it's uh, to the tight end, to the uh, to the to to the uh, cro- uh, quick slant, or to a running back. When those options are there, and he's just flowing and not being mechanical, mm-hmm. we have a different yeah. different quarterback. Different guy. And I think we can be in every game if Dak has this at his disposal. Yeah. Tony, let's take it to the defensive side of the football because this was a defense that was much maligned coming into the game against the Chargers. The Chargers had Austin Eckler back running the football. They were able to control him in the running game. But defensively, this team was able to pick themselves up as well. What did you see from the defense on on Monday night that allowed them to get the win? Hey, the way they you did? Know, I'm going to start with the defensive backs. Like, the defensive backs came to play, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, we, when you have the front seven that you have in this, in this defense, as a defensive back, you love it. Yeah. You love it. Now, you know they're going to double Micah. You know they're going to have some opportunities. But you saw what Lawrence did. You saw what the young kid, um, what's his name, number 14? Marquise Bell. Marquise yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida hey, A&M, baby. Hey, yeah. hey, no pun intended, <laughs> yeah. but he answered the bell. He did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, and I'll tell you, that at my day job, that's all the talk has been this week. Oh, man, this kid showed up and showed out. <laughs> right? So when you have those type players that step on and make plays that you, you thought could make the play, mm-hmm. but now they're actually making the play, Oh, that helps the entire morale of the defense, right? And now it's about controlling the game. Yeah. And you saw that at the end with Micah Parsons stepping up big to get the big sack, uh-huh. which led to Stephon Gilmore big with the interception. Big time player step up in big time situation. Yeah. That, was, that, I, was, that was the calling. I was in the press box, and I said to the guy next to me, I said, Micah, if you want to be that guy, that Lawrence Taylor and all that stuff, like this is where you have to make a play and close the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he did that. He did. I mean, he did. He and did and they, they brought Gilmore in, and Gilmore kind of had a struggle game. You know, you know, Keenan Allen is a tough matchup. Tough matchup, yeah. But he, you know, he makes the play. Makes the play at the end of the game, and because of that pressure, that pressure was there too. But you didn't see the stat that you didn't see was the pressure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If you look back, like it was, they were very disruptive to the quarterback. Yes, yes. they were. And, and and those are things that don't show up in stats. But it definitely helped the back end. Of the well, Herbert missed Keenan Allen twice oh. on deep yeah. ball. Yeah, he had a double that, move that, that he, he hit. That he, he, would, hit, he would hit all day long. And mm-hmm. I, I agree, the yeah. pressure was there, too. It was there. One person <laughs> I got to particularly shout out in this game, and he's been spectacular all season, Osa Digizua from inside in the interior has been yeah. fantastic for this team. And you saw him emerge yet again, had a nice tackle for loss against Austin Eckler in that game. Osa has been fantastic for this team so far this year. Uh, yeah, he's, he's – he, 
he's growing. Each year he gets a little bit better, a little bit better. He just need to bring his partners with him for like for the next and 11 games. He just need to bring his partners. Mm -hmm. and, isn't it funny yeah. when you're uh, you're playing a certain position and they draft someone at your position in the first round? Yeah, that's a that's a wake up call. Now, I mean, Mozzie Smith, you know, he's having a hard time getting on the field consistently because Osa, you know, those, at Gallimore too, they've looked at that like, oh, oh all right, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, message received. Oh yeah, and for Dan Quinn, I thought for him. Obviously, we talked about McKellen Moore being on the other side as the offensive coordinator. Did you feel like going into this week that maybe Dan Quinn took this game maybe a little bit more personal, not just for what happened against San Francisco, sure. but knowing he was going up against, you know, his former office mate and Kellen Moore and being able to take him out in the game on Monday night? Coaches have yeah. belief and pride, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do, man. And they may not come out and say it because they don't want to do the bulletin board thing. But uh, I think, uh, well, when Jimmy got here, when Coach Johnson got here, he right. said, I would not repeat some of the things he would say to us about games and certain situations. So, but anyway, go ahead on, Tony. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, hey, bottom, bottom line is you want to beat your little brother. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in that situation, you're going to look at it and you're going you're gonna to make it competitive and say, I want to beat my little brother. And I yeah. think that's what Coach Quinn did. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, shout out to your old head coach. He was at the at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, him yeah. Him and Jerry had a nice little moment before. Uh, well, I like, I like what well, they Did both, you see him? You know, they both do that TV thing. <laughs> they both, oh, man. They, How you doing? They kept it keeping for the TV turned, is what you're saying? They probably, as soon as they turned away, that's <laughs> mother. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all that matters, though. Jimmy was in the house and the Cowboys yeah, got the win. That's, that's right. all that mattered on Monday Night That's Football. Right. It's Cowboys Crosstalk presented by SWBC at SWBC. Customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. Kevin Gray of 105 through the fan. Nate Newton, Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com, our Cowboys legend. Tony Dixon joining us live at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Coming up next on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, let's talk about Mike McCarthy a little bit and what he was able to do to change some things for this offense that led to a win against the Chargers. We do that next on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
back, back to back. Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Back on Cowboys Crosstalk, presented by SWBC, live on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Kevin, Kevin Gray of 105 to the fan, Nate Newton, Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com, our Cowboys legend, Tony Dixon, joining us here at the Cowboys Club. Appreciate you joining us, however and wherever you may be listening to us. SWBC Mortgage, join the more than 120,000 customers that we've helped to find their happier way home. Visit SWBCMortgage.com to find a pro today. Let's talk about this Cowboys offense that was able to find a way to generate enough against the Chargers and Brandon Staley's defense to be able to get a win on Monday night. Nate, I want to start with you because we talked about a little bit what Mike McCarthy was able to get from his quarterback. What else did you see from the receivers, particularly with Brandon Cook, CeeDee Lamb, and others that you felt good about that they could start to build upon as they go into this bye week here? To me, it's always going to be about, about our quarterback. And, and is he flowing? And that, that, that's the first thing I noticed, that he felt good and he was flowing and moving. Uh, our offensive line didn't play well, but they found a way to get the ball to C.D. Lamb, which I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon Cooks found the end zone, which I'm all about that. Uh, now we need to just, you know, uh, continue to get better as offensive line and get some continuity so that the rest of the uh, tools on the offense can flow. What did you see, Nick, from that? Well, I, I thought, you know, it, it all starts with Dak. Like, like yeah. you said, they, they just kind of had to figure out a way. They stuck with the game plan. They kept running the, the, the ball. Um, you know, I, I, I really – I understand, you know, Gallup's the guy that's going to get mm-hmm. the, the, the targets. He got ten targets, only caught three. But one thing I know about Gallup, as soon as you write him off and say, ah, oh, this guy's not the answer, he's a number three or whatever, overpaid – He's going to make this toe-tapping catch on the sideline. <laughs> that I mean, he it's so it's just he's a product of the offense. Okay, Cooks had a good game. We got to stop Cooks. Got to stop CD, and that's when Gallup's going to make a play. So I, I'm not as worried about that. I don't worry about the price tag of what he's doing. Not right now. Uh, let, let, you know, I think he's a, a quality number three. Yeah. Well, nobody care about the price tag when the season starts, right? At right. that point, right. if you if you delivering plays, delivering plays, I think. What I saw in that is is the comfort. I, I, I saw an offense that was having fun. I saw an offense that was looking confident, and we didn't see that right. some weeks prior to that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's a it's something to build on. Yeah, like they they laid a brick. They obviously worked on some things and made some adjustments. And those adjustments showed during this game. So now the question is, hey, what do we do in this particular bye week to build on what we started there and keep that confidence flowing? And I, and another thing I saw is is Tony Pollard. He might not – he's not Zeke. He's not built that way. He's afraid of nobody. And so Derwin James is coming mm-hmm. on that touchdown play. He comes across the field – or across the pocket, makes that block, at least at least slows it down enough for Cooks to kind of get open. That's yep. all it needed. And, you know, he sticks his nose in there. He's not the same type of back. We know that. Yeah. But he's still he, – he's, he's being effective. And I think he's kind of finding out his role of being the number one back. Yeah. Two things that stuck out for me, and you started to touch on it with Tony Powell in terms of the run game. I'll go to the offensive line. I know, Nate, you're an expert when it comes to the mm-hmm. offensive line. I was a little concerned with some of the protection, some of the run blocking. Tyler Biotis was a little bit concerning to me based off of what we saw in that game as well. Is that something based on what you saw and observed from the game? Is that more of a continuity issue, or is there something else that you're seeing that needs to get cleaned up as they <laughs> get ready to take on Los Angeles? Uh, this, they, these guys are beat up, and, and, and that's just the reality mm-hmm. of it. You got a right tackle that's coming off ACL yeah. that's still finding his groove. You got a right guard that got a little banged up, you know, but what is it, a knee or an ankle or right. something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your center got an ankle and a 
and a, a hamstring, which I never knew that we had hamstrings as linemen. But, you know, when you love tackle, you love tackle, it's aging, bro, right before yeah. your very eyes. Mm -hmm. This is the year where it, it is caught up with our love tackle. Now, our left guard just play with bad technique sometimes, yeah. so he's going he gonna to have an error here and there because he's trying to be physical. He's just got to learn. Let the guy, I mean, he had a guy blocked three times and just will not let him go. But they have to get some continuity. I keep, I kept telling y'all, forget that best five offensive linemen. Work for continuity. Mm -hmm. You can have average linemen, but if they're all on the same page and meshing and willing to work hard, you're going to get a good offensive line. Yeah. If that, that, oh, he's a great athlete, but they haven't played together. So continuity it's going to be a key, and getting healthy is going to be a major deal. Nate, let me ask you. You played tackle and guard, obviously. Yes, sir. Did, did you I love guard. Okay. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I love guard. I don't want to dance with prima donna ballerinas. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, don't want, I want a raging bull. My, que <laughs> my question is, when, did you ever have to move a lot like in not the middle during of, a game. of a game? Oh, not during a game. A season? We didn't play that. Now, we, we started out with our main five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we had Alan Vinegrad was our swing tackle. Uh, then we had Kevin Gogan as our swing guard. And we had to have an extra center because, you know, we, yeah. we just didn't have a, a swing guard and center. So, but those were our guys. So yeah, uh, Tyler Smith, strong as an ox, got the size. Right. But you say technique's the problem. And I wonder, he's moved from tackle to guard. He's done mm -hmm. that. Right. Is, is that part of it when you're just – you're not getting – you're doing a lot of different things but not zeroing it's, it's, in? It's a, little it's a little different, but he's been at guard. And – um. And if they want to play him there, play him there. If they want to play him at tackle, play him there. My deal is when you used to go to switching around game to game to game, yeah. you know, it can get confusing for a guy sometimes. Even though he's a great talent, you know, uh, what the keywords that me and Tony would use may not be the keywords that me and you would use. Yeah. You know, in trying to get games. Because games are getting – games have never gotten the Cowboys offensive line. Mm. What is happening here? Well, your left tackle – as great as he's been, or first battle Hall of Fame, whatever you want to call it, he's not that guy now. Right. And, and, and Tyron, don't get mad at me. I love you, bro, but you're not that guy. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So, and injuries are beating them up. Sure. And, and, and boy, they got a lot of more games, Tony. Yeah. They got a lot more games to play. From an overall takeaway standpoint, Tony, what did you see that you want to now see go forward for the overall totality, whether it be Mike McCarthy as a play caller or some of the things that you saw situationally from the Cowboys offensively? You know, I think take more chances. You know, I, I think I think <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's been one of those situations where we've been we've been comfortable, right? Right. right? And, and we've been running the script, but right. but I think we're at the point now where you got to take some chances, right? And what you do with that, what you what what happens with that. Even if you don't make that play, right. you loosen the defense up. Yeah, right. you make the defense believe like, wait a minute, have they changed their their mojo now? Like, so they're gonna they're gonna attack us this way. And I think if you can change it up just a little bit, make it just a little more exciting, mm -hmm. it'll make a difference. Nick, there was a lot of conversation between Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb coming into the Chargers game mm -hmm. about their abilities to get on the same page. Ceedee right. Lamb making it very clear. He wants to be on that Jamar Chase, I'm open all the time type of plan. Right. And you saw that early on in that game where he was able to get the seven targets and seven catches. What did you see particularly from CeeDee Lamb that you want to see going forward? From well, I, I think when, when guys like Michael Irvin would always want the ball mm -hmm. and Dez Bryant would want the ball, and, you know, not to steal Keyshawn's line, but throw him the damn ball. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because like, these are guys that are proven that they, you know, and, and CD came out and caught every pass thrown his way. Yeah. Seven targets, seven catches, and some really nice plays. 
plays. I like the maturity of him to say before the game, I can't do that. I can't do that to my quarterback. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I will be better. And, and Dak said the right things. We'll figure it out in-house. We're not worried about that. And they go out and they execute together. I like that. I like the maturity of both of them to go and do that. And Dak understands that, C- that CD wants the ball. CD understands that there's more to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Dak had a clean pocket very m- much in San Francisco. So <laughs> when you see it all, <laughs> you come together and cooler heads prevailed and they go out and then they execute it the next week. Nate, you played with somebody who was the personification of give me the football because I'm a playmaker and talking about Michael Irvin, of course. Do you like that attitude from CeeDee Lamb and being vocal about the idea that he wants to be the guy that makes these plays for this team? This, this is where I think CeeDee Lamb, the only mistake he made, because y'all know I'm backing him. I started backing him last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on this train all the way. Where he had his one mistake is let, that he let it, get personal with his quarterback. Mm. Michael Irvin never. I said, Mike, well, one time I said, Mike, he was so mad he was cussing me out. I said, well, Mike, hold on, Troy right there. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me. He said, I'm not going to ever. He told me straight up, I'm not going to ever talk to my quarterback that Mm. way. I'm not going to ever let him know that I'm upset. But now if he hear I'm upset. It's okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. So you cussing me out, and he's sitting right over there <laughs> here. Okay. But that is the only problem CD Lamb had. That's the only problem I had with CD. Other than that, he give him the ball. Yeah. yeah. Give him. At the end of the day, he should have five more targets than the closest receiver on his team. Do you like that type of attitude from a player who's like, look, give me the ball. I want to be that guy Listen, man, and shovel out for it. Even as a defensive player, I like that attitude. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because not only that, once you have a wide receiver on your team that's operating with that attitude, everybody improves because the, the intensity in practice picks up, the, the intensity in the game picks up, and then when you go and you do what you say you want to do, yeah. it yeah. changes the complexity of the game, mm-hmm. right? So, so, yes, I love to see that. It's interesting because when we talk about wide receivers, kind of a more of a prima donna, you know, diva they type are of position. Prima <laughs> they but at are, the same man. time, but when we've seen some of the greats, they are the ones that want the ball in that moment. Yes. CeeDee Lamb making that very known and very plain this past week. I want to be the guy that's going to be making these plays. And you saw it to come to fruition when it came to his abilities yeah. to make those plays. I want to see more of that going forward, not just the attitude that he displayed, but more importantly now, how does that translate game in the game right. and making sure that he, of catching that rock. Right. Exactly, right. Yeah. exactly. And you mentioned, Nick, seven for seven for yeah. targets and catches for over 115 yards in that game. C.D. Lamb looked like every bit of the number one guy and, that he wants and, to be. And different than Dez and, and, and Michael, I think, is that he could play the slot a lot more. Michael played some in the slot, but mm-hmm. Dez really didn't. Oh, he's and, a slot player, Yeah, bro. yeah. yeah. But, when, but when C.D. has learned to I'm play I'm talking about C.D. is right. a slot player. I, I don't know do if it. Michael – I don't remember. No, Mike Michael. wasn't going down no, in there. No, 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 right, right. <laughs> and neither did Dez. And so, and so it's just hard for teams to say, okay, we're going to take him out of the game. When he can, can, can slide into the slot, go out, go in – Mm-hmm. And all that stuff. You can't just match up all the time. The Jets, you know, they didn't care. that They were like, well, just do whatever. And then he went for 150. So, yeah. you, you know, so. I, and I think by doing the way he's doing, I think Cooks and Gallup will both have better games coming forward. Yes, they will. Listen, the thing that people don't talk about is, like, we always talk about you play like you practice, mm-hmm. right? And that's true. But at the same time, if you're not doing it in the game, that's the ultimate practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so, the more, so the more you can get those reps in practice, the more you can make those, those catches, the more you can break away from that defender, 
the more confident you're going to get. They yeah. don't practice like they used to when y'all played. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, that's, that's what I'm trying that's to tell you. That's kind of why I threw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take our next break here on Cowboys Crosstalk, presented by SWBC. Kevin Gray of 105 through the fan. Nate Newton, Nick Eatman, and our Cowboys legend Tony Dixon yeah, joining yeah. us live at the Cowboys Club. Coming up next, let's switch our attention to the defensive side of the football. What we saw from Dan Quinn's defense that we hadn't seen against San Francisco, we detail it next on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. to Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Back on Cowboys Crosstalk presented by SWBC, SWBC PEO. Helping to alleviate the HR administrative burden that comes with running a business. Leave the worrying to us. Visit SWBCPEO.com 
to find out more. Kevin Gray of 105 through the fan. My partner, Nate Newton, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time yes. Super Bowl champion, member of the Black College Football Hall of Fame, proud Arkansas Razorback. Nick Eatman, Eatman. and Crimson Tide's own Tony Dixon, our Cowboys yeah, yes, legend, joining Tony. us live What's at the up? Cowboys Club here at the Star in Frisco, live on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Gentlemen, let's turn our attention to the defense and what we saw on Monday night as the Cowboys were able to hold Justin Herbert in that offense to 17 points. Tony, I'll start with you. Stephon Gilmore sealing the game with the interception. Deron Bland having a nice pass breakup on a fourth down to be able to keep the Chargers out of the end zone. What did you see from Dan Quinn's defense, particularly in the secondary with guys like Marquise Bell and others that really got your attention on Monday night? Grit, man. I saw grit. I saw a will to, to, a will to win. And I think the defense took it personal and said, we're going we're gonna to be that group that make the play to change the game. And, they kept, and you kept seeing them doing it. Like, it was a couple plays that we missed early in the game right. that could have been game changers as well. Mm -hmm. But to see them end the way they ended, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, both touchdowns, I think, were on short, short fields for Very the Chargers. So, so yeah. you know, I mean, they, they did a nice job of kind of getting out of their own end zone. But, they, you know, they, when you have a great defense, you got to make them work for it, make them work for it. And, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's what the Cowboys really did a nice job is they gave up a couple, of, but for the most part, they, they made them work. You know, the residue from that game, that prior game, just just filtered all through the game. It felt a little bit it. on yeah. that first drive in particular, and, and, yeah. And, and, you know, you and they just kept fighting, mm -hmm. kept fighting. And these are the games that you have to strain through and win. Yes. And they were on the road. Yes. So I, I, I was I was happy that they did sort that. Sort of. I mean, yeah. I'm going to say, Nick, you know, how? what, what, what was the crowd 60, like? 40 <laughs> Dallas. 60, 40 <laughs> Dallas. Let me tell you something. You're going to hurt. We, I, we, I've been like that. We, we've been on the road and we've had great fans. But that, but them dudes out there that's balling, the Derrick James of the world, the yeah. Khalil, uh, Khalil Mack. They, Morgan they, Fox was really good. Yeah, too. Yeah. They still yeah. at home. Yeah. So, I, I'll yeah, say this, yeah. though. I, when I, I walked up, I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the elevator. I'm going down to the field <laughs> at the end of the yeah. game. And I got on the elevator and I heard a huge, huge roar. Right. And I was like, oh, man. And it was a sack by Micah Parsons. Yeah. And then yeah. another big roar yeah. was an interception. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. I'd say, you know, you can roar or whatever, but they didn't wake up in Dallas. They didn't wake up. No, you know no. I, it's yeah. a road and game. So they, uh, they played, my friend. Yeah. They played. And like you said, a couple of plays early where it could have probably went the other way. But I would like to believe if it, that those plays would have went the other way, I would like to believe that Coach McCarthy and Dak and those guys would have been able to open up and answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think – this is let me say this before mm -hmm. I forget. Coach, love you to death. Gonna back you to the end. No more fourth and ones. Kick the field goal. <laughs> it helps your defense. <laughs> I'm just just being honest. It's funny because you br you're bringing that up, and I'm thinking we're thinking about, of course, at the end of the first half. Yes. Mike yeah. McCarthy yes. with eight yeah. seconds left decides not to nah. take the shot at the end zone. I, no, no, I'm talking about, about the, before that. the one before, before that. that. Yeah. The okay. Because if you're gonna play to the strength of your defense. They always gonna be like, yo, you got three. Mm -hmm. They, we, they ain't thinking like us. Like, man, hold on, three, three. You oh wait, so let me back up. So you didn't, did you not like the? You were talking about the eighteen yard touchdown from Dak Prescott. You talking about the push? The push. The push. I'm talking about the push. There's too many fourth downs in the game. Too many fourth downs in the game. Yeah, I got. Yes, I got an issue with that too. Okay. Because because you're not hiding it from anybody. You got two guys behind you. Only do two things. You're gonna kneel it down or you're gonna do a push. So, I mean, Rico Dowdle, Hunter Lipke, cool. How about Mozzie Smith? 
Right. <laughs> You're the strongest guy ever. You yeah. get back there and shove him forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, oh, Mozzie's there. They must be pushing him. Oh, who cares? Yeah. Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> mm. not playing a lot on defense. Like, yeah. come on, my come thing, on. My thing is this. Three points. If we're going to cater to our defense, yeah. defensive players don't look at it as offensive players. Like, we'll walk over like, okay, we got three as offensive. Mm-hmm. we like, we want six. Get the three. Give your defense that different yeah. mindset. Okay, you say that, but they got down 7 nothing. residue of the 49er game. They were driving. They had to answer, and it's yeah. fourth and one. Yeah. They had to answer early in the first quarter, and Dak did the keeper fake for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think you have to play – got to feel the game. I'm with that. I'm with that. But that right there, when you when you get back in the game and you in the game, yeah. go on and yeah. get them points. Go get the points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you believe in your defense, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. it ain't got nothing to do with your offense. It got something to do with your defense. True. Yeah. Let's talk about some situational football because obviously that we weren't just talking about. No, no, no. I want to go back no, I'm gonna go back to the 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 end of the first half. Okay. Yeah. With, oh, here we go. You know, with eight seconds Four, left. And yeah. I saw your tweet about it too. I was like, yeah, Nick wasn't too pleased about that. But eight seconds left in the yeah. first half. How do you feel like Mike McCarthy played out this situation? Obviously, he looked like he was playing for the three oh, points yeah, there. Hey, I, I, here we go. I'm about to say, how did you feel about that particular situation there? Does coach come up here? <laughs> <laughs> I think no, you're good tonight. No, I think you're good. No, no. It's really not so much the eight seconds mm-hmm. one as from the 14-yard line. It's the one of 50 seconds, and you didn't call a timeout, and you let it go to mm. 28 before you snapped it. That's the one that I had a problem with on that one, and I hope I hope that was a Rangers home run. It was not. No, it was uh, not. Okay, so uh, I had a problem with 50 seconds to 28 because then you kind of – now you're really behind the eight ball, and mm-hmm. now all you're really going to do is settle for a field goal. So yeah. I, I kind of think I would have called it earlier. But from the 14-yard line with eight seconds to go and a timeout, I, I don't think you're going to throw it in the end. I think you're going to throw another short pass, try to – Try to see if he can break one to get in. If mm-hmm. he gets tackled, bang the timeout and kick it. But I would have done something else with eight seconds to go. But yeah. you got to remember, five sacks, a ton <laughs> of penalties. Mike's just thinking, like Nate said, go get the field goal. Sure. Yeah, hey, look, I'm, I'm the defense, like you called it. Like, if you look at the time of possession, I know we're talking about the first half, but if you go back and look at the time of possession, I was looking at this earlier in terms of that. In the second, in the second quarter, it was even. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was even. So, you know, at that point, you're still battling. You're in the trenches. You come back out to halftime, the Chargers had the ball for 12 minutes yes, in the third did. quarter. They yes, did. they did. Right? So, so, so all of this is a build-up. You talk about, you know, when you talk about, hey, protect the defense, get the defense off the field, the fresher we are, the better we're going to play. Sure. Right? And, um, and it showed. Like, if you look at the rushing for the Chargers, yeah, if you look at the Chargers rushing, like, we held them below 100. They mm-hmm. was less than us. And that's the kind of stuff, like, that you need to see, to, to, you know, um, yeah. from your defense. You know, what's and pretty, you know what's pretty amazing, though? I just looked at that. 12 minutes of the quarter, three points. Three points. I three mean, points. three points. Three yeah. points. That's the key. That's a great job that's by the defense. great yeah. job by the defense. I, I, this, if we're going to, and I told Nick on his show storyline this morning, it ain't no more four or five. They, they are still learning one another. And due to the fact that the offensive line has been banged up and it's only the second game, you, you give them this coming, this off week, the next week, then the eighth, they should be flowing. Mm-hmm. Everyone stays healthy. Yeah. The rest of the league is going to go through their ups and downs too. You just think after Thanksgiving, you either one game out or one game ahead, now you make the run. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Now you make the run. We need every victory. And I don't care how it goes in these first eight, nine games. Yeah. You better have a win right. in, in the column. 
Yeah. One thing I will say coming out of the game was, and you talked about having to get wins by hook or by crook, no matter yeah. how you need to get them. No one thing, if we're going to envision this team being a true NFC contender, got to clean up the penalties, number one. Oh, big time. And the other thing that bothered me was the idea that you had to call, I think, timeout not once but twice to avoid procedural penalties in the game as well. Yeah. That cannot be something that happens going forward if we're going to talk about a team that needs to continue to build toward yeah. playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, playing against the San Francisco 49ers. Can't have those kinds of mistakes in a football game like that. Yeah, you can't beat yourself, right? There's a couple of things like that you look at. You know, you don't want to beat yourself from a penalty standpoint. You want to win the turnover game, mm -hmm. and you want to win time possession, right? And and definitely from a defense, you want to solidify that that mm -hmm. line of scrimmage and hold them hold it for the rush and turn yeah. them into a one-dimensional team. Right. If you can do all of those things, which hey, sounds easy, right. hard to do. Sure. Right. But if you can do all of those things, you wow. the, the percentages say mm -hmm. that you increase your chances of winning pretty much everybody you're playing against yeah. if you can win those things. And I'm sorry, it was driving you up a wall sitting in the <laughs> press box when having to call timeout to avoid 12 men on the field, that kind of thing that had to. I thought it was Victor them that had y'all. <laughs> that, was, that was straight entertainment right there. I mean, that was Victor and Luis and the, and the, the Cowboys Spanish broadcast. That Shout was out to them awesome. in the press box, man. I, was, I mean, it was awesome. Hey, this is where you're going to put us? Hey. Then this this is what you're gonna get, yeah. Yeah. And, and they did it. It was it was awesome. I wish I could understand it, but uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah it, it was it was great. You know what gets me about the Spanish broadcast is I'll be listening, and then they'll say something like Parsons, 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 and then they'll go back speaking Spanish. I'm like. If you could just say Parsons in English, say the rest. Wow, Nate. <laughs> wow, now. They got to say the player's name. His name, uh, his name is what his I'm name. Saying, it is funny to me because I'm trying. I'm, I'm geeked up because they're geeked up, right? And oh, they're speaking in Spanish, and all of a sudden they'll say, Dak, Dak, Dak. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put Nate on the Spanish broadcast yeah. next week. Or yeah. In two weeks. I just, just yeah. want to know, like, what do you think Dak Prescott translates into Spanish? I, that's what, that's, you were the only one caught it. They didn't <laughs> catch it. You're the I, only I, one oh, caught it. I, I, I caught, caught it. it. I know. I, I heard I, what you said. I caught it, but I'm yeah. throwing but it back. I mean, yeah, we're going to put hey, it down after in you, Spanish, you, know, you picked it up. In Spanish, Tony is Antonio. Fact. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. Y'all miss with a shout out to Antonio. Y'all miss with a shout out to Antonio Romero Romo. Y'all miss with a smart. Shout out to Tony Romo, man. <laughs> shout out to Tony Romo, man. Nadio. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's Cowboys Crosstown presented by SWBC. We got to go to break because they cutting up over here. I like to call us trouble. Let's take our final break before we get out of here tonight. Kevin Gray, 105 through the fan. Nate Newton, Nick Eatman, our Cowboys legend Tony Dixon joining us here live at the Cowboys Club at the Star and Free. So coming up next, we're going to catch up with our Cowboys legend, see what he's got going on, try to keep these two at bay when it comes to Alabama and Arkansas. We'll <laughs> More do a, victories. That's right. Yeah, we <laughs> we'll got do, one. We'll do it next on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
Cowboys Crosstalk. Check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Final time here on Cowboys Crosstalk presented by SWBC live on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Let's take our final partner of the evening, Liberty Tax. Liberty Tax is a proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash Cowboys. LT. Kevin Gray of 105 through the fan. Six-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, Nate Newton, Nick Geekman of DallasCowboys.com, host of Cowboys Storyline and our Cowboys legend this week, Tony Dixon joining us live Tony, at the Cowboys Tony. Club yeah, yeah, yeah. at the Star in Frisco. Before we get into uh, anything Alabama Crimson Tide as they take on Rocky Top this weekend, uh, Nick was really excited about today's show. He texted me. He's like, Kev, we got Tony Dixon on the program tonight. So excited to have Tony on. And obviously, uh, a little bit of a draft story from yeah. the two that we, uh, I want to hear about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I wasn't sure if Tony even knew this, but this is just kind of how, how the draft can go sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very chaotic in the war room. So back in 2001, they did not have a first-round pick. They had two in the second round at yep. 53 and 56. Yep. So they got to figure out what they're going to do here. Quincy Carter was a guy that they really wanted. They wanted a linebacker named Quentin Caver. Mm -hmm. Quentin Caver, Quincy Carver, Quincy Caver, Carver. I mean, it's chaotic <laughs> here. What are we going to do? We want both these guys, 53, 56. They decided on Quincy Carter. He's the quarterback. Get him first. We'll get Caver right after that. And then the Eagles jumped in at 55 and took <laughs> yeah. Quentin Caver. Wow. So then they went yep. and got Tony Dixon who was right there. So it's just funny how sometimes just politics and names and chaos and all that kind of leads to it. But Tony told me something I didn't even know yeah, about. Yeah. Because Quentin Caver ended up coming to the Cowboys he, because. He ended up coming to the Cowboys, which is interesting. So, of course, we knew each other from playing back in the days. But um, this was in 2005 when Dak Nguyen ended up having an injury. So right. I had just signed back with the Cowboys like a week prior to that. And when Dak went down in that game, I think it was leading to a bye week, actually. And next thing you know, we need a linebacker. So guess what? They ended up cutting me and going with Quinn Cable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, wow. so, hey. I didn't hey. know that part. Of yeah, yeah. Wow. So, 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 yeah. So, it ended up being QC anyway. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a full circle moment. Talk wow. about a full circle moment. A lot, yeah. of, wow. a lot of SEC talk there. You know, Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> Arkansas guy. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, tell I, me about that draft day. What was that phone call like, yeah. getting that phone call from the Dallas Cowboys, knowing that you were going to put a star on the side of your helmet? I mean, it was a dream. It was everything that people people, people talk about, right? You um, – when, when you're going through the draft, there's a few teams that you say, hey, I would love to play with them just because of right. the legacy and the history. I would love to be a part of that, that program. And um, when I got that call from J Jerry and I heard him say, hey, Tony, <laughs> this Jerry Jones, we're <laughs> about to pick you as a 56 pick of the draft, it was, it was all – it meant the world to me. Yeah. Yeah, it meant the world to me. You well, know. let's talk a little uh, little SEC football before we get out of here tonight. Yes, sir. Obviously, you're a proud Alabama Crimson Tide. I know you're keeping up with your Crimson Tide. These days, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, playing Tennessee That's this right. weekend. Took out Nick's uh, Arkansas Razorbacks in a close one. It's close. a close one. Beat uh, them. Moral victory for Nick. Uh, moral victory for Nick. They covered, um, I guess. At the same time, how, how much are you keeping up with Nick Saban's group these days and how much you follow the Crimson Tide? Yeah, I, I try my best to stay with him. I actually have a cousin that's on the uh, defensive line that plays for him. He got, okay. his, first, got his first sack during the game, wow. number 93. So that was pretty awesome to live that but but no I, I still you know once you're part of that type organization mm -hmm. you don't walk away from it sure. no different than the Cowboys so but who's your favorite team on every Saturday right now who's my favorite team yeah oh shoot it's Alabama well uh, you told me you you be going to some other games though well my favorite team is my son's team there we yeah, go yeah, so, <laughs> so, when we, so, when we, so when we talk about that yeah my, my, my oldest son is a defensive back at Weber State um, up in uh, up in Utah mm -hmm. in the Big Sky Conference so um, he just came off an injury, getting more playing time. He's going to be starting at the uh, right corner, I think, this week. So, uh, so looking forward to that. That's Great. now that's a dream outside wow. of a dream. I sure. never thought I'd see that and seeing my son 
<laughs> playing in the, uh, on the collegiate level. You had wow. that. You had yeah. that. Your Two Texas. of them, man. Two yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great feeling, man. Woo. But anyway, yeah. it's, all, it's all. But now, <laughs> I just want to ask you this question right here, man. Yes, sir. Uh, when y'all uh, stomped, uh, I mean beat, I mean oh, barely wow. beat. Wow, wow. Arkansas, how, wow. what was that feeling? Did you get Nick a call? No, no, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't give him a call. Nah. But but definitely, anytime we can beat that pig suey. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. Big suey. Yeah. Anytime. Well, it's, <laughs> just, it's, good. it's just been 17 in a row. So, yeah. Oh, it was 17 in a row? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. That's oh, why wow. that moral victory. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of moral victories for you. But I tell Alabama. you, I tell you what, Alabama though they want a little revenge on Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. This week. Oh yeah, uh, we, we we want some of that. Right. Yeah. And, um, so is that a, you talk about the rivalry? I was, yeah, that's was, a, that's yeah. a perfect segue. Yeah. I was I was actually going. I was telling Kevin before the show. Like a lot of people, when they no, don't get me wrong, the Alabama Auburn rivalry is one of the best rivalries in college sports. But as right. a player playing against Tennessee, that rivalry week is bigger than the Auburn wow. game for us wow. as a player. Wow. Then, uh, yeah. wow. Third Saturday in October. Isn't oh, that, third Saturday in October. Call it? Third call Saturday in October, man. Which is where we are. And, man, like mm -hmm. like the, the hate that you have, like it's wow. Tennessee hate week is what we call yeah. it. Wow. Literally, if you look at social media after we beat Arkansas, 30 seconds after <laughs> that, everybody changed their profile, <laughs> profile pictures to Tennessee hate week. Wow. That's how serious it is. Wow. <laughs> That's very interesting because obviously we hear about the storied rivalry between the Tigers and the Crimson Tide had no idea that the, the hatred ran that deep that it's even maybe a bigger rivalry for players than it is taking on the Auburn yeah, Is, it, is it bigger than, like, the Houston uh, Texas Ranger hate? Houston yeah. Astros. That, 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 that hate's that, that getting pretty strong these days. That's a pretty strong hate. It's a strong hate. I don't know. Did Tennessee cheat to win games? Uh, okay, or? okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Wasn't no banging on trash cans uh, <laughs> yeah, for the Tennessee. You know, Bama been paying since Brad. Wow, Nate. Nate, Nate, wow. You, Nate, you know one tonight, he, man. You feeling good hey, today? He on it tonight. On Nick's, the Nick's show earlier today. I didn't know I was going to work tonight, so I just having fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know I was going to work tonight. This is what happens when the Cowboys win. Nate feel good coming oh, off the Cowboys. Yes, Everybody yeah. feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect way to end it because obviously coming off of the win on Monday night, we start to look forward. Obviously, the bye week guys get their rest a little bit be able to recover, and then it's time to get ready for Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any easier uh, with a guy in Puka Nakua who's been fantastic at wide receiver uh, for the Rams. Final thoughts on the window from the Chargers. Nate, I'll start with you and what you saw, what you want to take away, and now what it's time to build on now that they got that San Francisco bad taste out of their mouth with a win on Monday night. The offensive line has to play much better. We're going to okay. go anywhere. We're going to have to play better. We're going we're gonna to have to play better, and that's what it's about. All the better teams in the league have one thing in common. They have good to great offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And they're healthy. We have to get these guys healthy. For me, I, I think, you know, the teams know that CD wants the ball. Teams know Mike is going to rush. They got to figure out ways that you can't neutralize them. You know, the Eagles have done a good job of neutralizing Micah at times. They got to figure out how to, how to get those two guys, you know, making plays every, every single week. Yeah, and I, I look at that and say, hey, you got to build on the confidence that you established coming out of this game. I still think this is a team, in my opinion, a team still searching for their identity. And, and it's, it takes trash games like that, yes. right, mm -hmm. and, and fighting through that grit to figure out who you are as a team, who you are as a player. And obviously, you know, you're looking for the leaders to look and say what young player right. or experienced player is going to step up and take on, on some of this weight. And, mm -hmm. and if they can keep stacking that, I think we'll be okay. Real quick before we get out of here, Nate, what was your favorite bye week activity? Uh, the one day that Jimmy gave us off a week. <laughs> <laughs>
honest. The one day he gave us off. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was on Sunday. Yeah, the, the week that it, you got to go watch get everybody play anyway. So that uh-huh. one day he gave us off. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was my favorite activity. <laughs> what was you doing? You just sleeping? Just, just sleeping back then. I used to drink. So, um, yeah, I just wake up with a beer can in my hand and go to sleep. For what <laughs> <I had. laughs> Real quick, was your, what was your favorite bi-week activity that you took um, advantage of? Going back home. Like, during okay. that time, I would go back home, try to catch a high school game, college game, something like that. Go, How many go days y'all family. had off, man? Like two. Okay, yeah, one it, more than what we yeah, had. Yeah, you can travel. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. They got the whole week off this yeah. week. Yeah, man, have fun, fellas. Yeah. Just yeah. don't be the and news. Then be smart. Mm-hmm. Be yeah, smart. Don't, don't be the news. I like it. How does Nick have spend his bye week? Probably be in the garage, like working on stuff. Or, I don't uh, know. Your wife got a honey-do list for honey you? <laughs> probably. Probably that. I'll be, I'll be watching some high school games, some college games uh, as well. You know, just, just you know. I got a honey-do list of honey bun. <laughs> wow, Nate. Wow. One final singer for Nate tonight. Yeah. Hey, I, like, I like this Nate. I like this Nate, man. This, this is a good Nate. Cowboys need to win every week, damn it, so we can get this Nate yeah. uh, every single week. Really appreciate him and his, uh, his laughter tonight. Appreciate you, Nate. Uh, Want to appreciate our Cowboys legend, Tony Dix, for joining us yeah. live at yes, the Cowboys sir, Club Tony. at the Star in Frisco. Appreciate you having me, sir. Hope Absolutely. you had a lot of fun tonight. Absolutely. Nate, good to see you as always, my guy, man. More victory, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Appreciate you hanging out with us, Nick, tonight, man. No problem, man. It was fun. <laughs> no problem. It was fun. <laughs> hey, we're off next week. Enjoy week seven of the National Bye Football week. League. And savor that Cowboys win. We'll talk to you in two weeks on Cowboys Crosstar, presented by SWBC. Y'all be good. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!